You know, I could have stayed home today if only there was a robot to stand in for me. That's right. What if the workplace was something you could visit from the comfort of your own home every day? The Sims video game allows you to be a mom without showing up. Second life is a form of showing up without your real body. But reporter Rachel Silverman has put it all together. She stays home in Austin, Texas, and shows up at the offices of the Wall Street Journal in New York City, courtesy of a robot telecommuting surrogate. For a few weeks this summer, Rachel telecommuted to her New York offices as a robot, her eyes video cameras and her face on a video screen for all her co-workers to see. Rachel, looking for a story and a way to stay in Austin, found the robot company AnyBots and took it from there. I called up AnyBots and asked if I could uh, test out a robot for for a few weeks over the summer, and they very generously agreed to let me do so. It's basically as if an iPad with Skype was on top of a wheeled Segway-like base. I mean, it's different technology than that, but that's a good way to to picture it. So I could see my colleagues through through the webcam on my my computer in, in Austin, Texas, and they could actually see me through the video screen on the robot's head. And now, did any of these people at the Wall Street Journal know you face-to-face, have any experience with you face-to-face in the office? So some did. I've been at the paper for a long time, more than a decade. So there were definitely some familiar faces in the office. But, you know, like any company, there's been a lot of turnover. And so there were certainly unfamiliar faces. And because I have young children, I don't travel very much to New York anymore to meet with my colleagues face-to-face. So I really did see a lot of people for the first time uh, through the robot, which was was really an interesting experience. Oh, my goodness, yes. And uh, you describe it, uh, you know, you're telling commuting experience uh, in the Wall Street Journal. But uh, let's explore it here in this conversation. What was the difference between meeting someone for the first time through the robot and meeting someone who you had known for, for years through the robot? So the people I, I knew for years were just excited to see me, and they just thought it was funny. Um, for the people that I met the first time, I mean, they, they could actually see my face as the robot's face. So, so they actually did see me, but uh, you know, I think it, I think it will be really interesting next time I go into New York and I actually see them face to face. I don't know if they'll remember me. It's like when you see a commercial that's really, really memorable, but you don't actually remember what it's advertising. So you're like, oh, remember that you know talking dog, but you don't remember what product or, or brand they're actually advertising. That's sort of how I feel. Like, everybody remembers the robot, but they don't necessarily know <laughs> me being behind the robot. So you're like the Super Bowl E-Trade commercials. Exactly. Nobody, re- nobody yeah. remembered E-Trade. All right. remember the baby, right? Exactly. All right, so, so let's talk a little bit about what useful you were able to get done. I mean, did you go to meetings and actually uh, weigh in? So that's where it was most problematic. I have to say, the, the sound and the video feed is just not that great right now. And, you know, to AnyBot's uh, credit, they're, they're really working to improve that. This is early, early technology. So I actually had a lot of trouble getting meaningful work done. So I, meetings were kind of a disaster. I barely could hear anything. It was very hard in a large meeting to really know what was going on. What it was useful for was 
just the social interactions most people who work in a physical office get regularly, you know, that office cooler talk, that banner, just to feel kind of socialized with your colleagues, and also to bounce around story ideas, you know, one-on-one with my editors and one-on-one with my, with my coworkers. That, that was helpful. So you literally were able, through the robot, to go up to somebody sort of hanging out in the office and go, wasn't that great on Mad Men last night? It totally. I really did do that. I went to the, the, the coffee bar at our, at our office and just hung out there and was talking to people about their days, about their summer vacations. And, you know, I, that's not necessarily super productive work, but it's still important work in most corporate settings. It really does create a, a more unified team, a, a more social experience. Indeed. Which, well, is the, is the vision of this product that uh, there would be, say, maybe six of these in the closet and that when you wanted to go to a meeting and have your telepresence be maybe a higher resolution than just being on the speakerphone, uh, you'd sign one out and uh, you'd, you'd log into it and then you'd be able to go to the meeting as a robot versus just being on the speakerphone. Is that the vision? So I, I think they're really still trying to figure out the vision. I'm not going to speak for any bots directly because I think they are trying to figure it out as they develop better products. But yeah, I think that's certainly one use case. I, I think a better use, frankly, is in a more social or customer-facing role. So what, where I found the robot to be most successful when I interviewed companies that use telepresence robots is actually as robot receptionists because you don't have to maneuver the robot very much. You're kind of staying in one, in, in one place, and you're actually just greeting people one-on-one because that really that plays to the robot's strengths as being kind of neat and cute and, and very kind of interesting experience for people, and you don't have to deal with the maneuvering issues and you don't have to deal with like the peripheral sound and hmm. uh, sound and vision issues. How how expensive was this device that you tested, and where do you think the price point is going on this? This robot was ninety seven hundred dollars. Wow! And there there are a number of companies that are in this field and developing products right now, and it really really varies. I mean, there are some telepresence robots, very very simple machines that sell for under $500, and then some for upwards of $50,000. The the really expensive ones are being used quite successfully in healthcare and in medicine. So, you know, they're doing surgery, robotic surgery, and things like that. But I I still don't think we're there yet. All right. Well, well, uh, how did did the use of the robot change your personality back home? You know, I, I think that I was maybe a little bolder being a robot. You know, I, I think that, I don't know, because it's sort of this, like, freeing technology, and they could barely see my face. I just sort of, I felt, I went up to people that I wouldn't normally go up to if it were just oh, me in the office. That is fascinating. All right, so from your experience, and again, you're not running the company or anything like that, and it's not your product, but what do you think the, the takeaway is here based on your experience? How might people use this? How might the people listening uh, you know, apply this. What do you think it's best for? So I, I do think it's best for social for social interactions. I, I found it really difficult to use to actually get work work done. But at the end of the day, and I, I say this in the story, I personally think that nothing beats face to face. And so, you know, for ninety seven hundred dollars, I'd rather buy a few plane tickets to New York and actually meet people one on one. That's a great lesson. Uh, Rachel Silverman, workplace reporter for the Wall Street Journal, on her experience telecommuting through a robot in New York and uh, her presence uh, being uh, embodied in that robot from her home in Austin, Texas. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much. Have a great day.